We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Story. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Nisi Sanders. It's wonderful to meet you. I'm excited to meet you. I tuned into a few of the the videos that you have put out and it's exciting to me to see a woman of God that has been released with the gifts of prophecy and other gifts as well. Today we're blessed to have you on our show and maybe find out a couple things like from the basics, how did you get to meet Jesus? How did God change your life and what has the difference been since then? How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. It's such an honor to be with you today. So as far as my story goes, I was raised in a Christian home and I was raised in a home where it was very much religiously Christian, meaning we went to church and, you know, basically our spirituality stopped after we left the church. There was very little example of it in the house. And in part, it's because my my life actually began as part of a bit of a scandal. My mother and father were basically involved in an adulterous affair. And so my mother was married to another man when she met my father. And I was the result of that chance encounter. And Mm. so when I came into this world, I came in under just the the mire of scandal and rejection. My father had come from a very wealthy to-do family. And my mother came from the wrong side of the track. So to speak. And so their connection was not exactly looked upon favorably by my father's family. And the reason why I share this is because rejection was my story. It really was. It was my identity. It was how I viewed the world because I sustained a lot of rejection from my father. He basically did not even own the fact that I was his child for many years until I was an adult. And I sustained a lot of rejection from my mother because, of course, she was the one that was caught in this adulterous affair. And my encounter with the Lord did not happen 
until literally I had moved out of my parents' home and out of like my, my parents' religion, so to speak, their way of, of encountering God. And I had a sovereign encounter with the Lord himself where he came and introduced himself to me, not as the God of religion per se, but as the God who literally died to have relationship with me. And when I encountered his heart and when I encountered his intention to own me as as his child. And when I really began to discover that I was not a mistake, that I was actually a plan in God's heart from the beginning you know, of time, he planned and ordained for me to be here. When that truth began to penetrate the depths of my heart, he captured my affection and I literally fell in love with him. And I said, I will follow you. You know, I will serve you. I will follow you. And he's taken me up on that offer. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course, <laughs> I believe that he chose me. You know, I only, I do believe that we only choose him because he first chose us. But what a choice it was that he made, you know, to, to rescue me from the dysfunction and the chaos. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I can relate to that 100%. <laughs> what happened from there? So from there, I um, essentially went through a, a period of time where I began to grow in my faith. And I ended up meeting this guy who also was a new Christian. And we met and fell in love and got married. And in the process, he sort of began to fall away from the faith. And he ended up kind of indulging in a lot of extramarital affairs. And I ended up having a repeat of my childhood in the mm -hmm. sense that I was married to a person who was a Christian on the outside. You know, he was serving in the church and very active. But on the inside and in our home, it was a completely different story. And so I begin to realize, oh my gosh, this is a cycle. This is how on earth did I get here again? And that's when the Lord began dealing with me about healing, inner healing, and deliverance from the actual wound of rejection. And I firmly believe that until the wound is addressed that was so traumatic in early childhood, we tend to repeat cycles again and again you know, from mm -hmm. this wound, it, it drives our behavior. And so what I came to understand was that I had been traumatized by my childhood. And whenever we have a wound in our soul, it opens the door for demonic activity to come and mm -hmm. to basically, I will just say, tend to that wound. It's what the Bible calls strongholds. You know, strongholds are nothing more than demonic fortresses of thought that are maintained by spirits that are basically tending to that wound to keep it active and alive. And that was the biggest shift in my relationship with the Lord when I began to understand that there was something beyond. Yes, he saved me. Yes, he redeemed me. But there was some deeper healing that had to happen at a soul level in order for me to walk out the fullness of my relationship with him and, you know, essentially really believe and live out the truth of what he says about me. So he took me through that process of deep healing and deliverance and inner healing. And from there, I really began to experience freedom like I never knew before. And it was from that place that I was able to transition into uh, the ministry that I'm active in right now. 
Could you describe your ministry a little bit to us for people who are unfamiliar with it? Oh, I'm happy to. So the ministry that the Lord has me active in is helping people find freedom from trauma and from wounding. He's anointed me for deliverance and for inner healing. I do believe that when we go through different things, we come out with an authority off of what we went through. And so at the time, I didn't realize that he was taking me through the process because he he was anointing me simultaneously and bringing me to a place of authority, you know, to be able to deal with it. And so the ministry that he has me focused on right now is just bringing healing and really what I believe is the work of redemption in the lives of people and their souls, that restoration of the soul. I love that work because it's tied to the heart of God. It's from the compassionate nature of the Lord that he restores and that he redeems and he causes beauty to emerge from ashes and the garment of praise to be released where there's heaviness. And so I believe that the healing and uh, deliverance ministry is really a ministry of his heart and it, it restores us to the original intent of being capable of having a relationship with them. Mm. Yes, you're blessed. I believe you're blessed with that heart yourself. You know, you, you minister to people, healing and liberation of mm-hmm. unforgiveness or forgiveness for those things that have been forced onto people throughout their childhood and their lives and liberating them from that, which is incredible. Well, praise God. Thank you for that. So your ministry, if people were interested in, you know, tuning in one way or another, how would they go about doing that? Yeah. So I do release a prophetic word to the body of Christ. I have a public facing ministry that does that. And I do that through a YouTube channel called Nisi TV, like my name, which is similar to Jehovah Nisi. I'm without yes. the Jehovah, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely without the Jehovah. It's yes. Nisi, N-I-S-S-I TV. And I, I love doing that. Um, as far as my work with inner healing and deliverance, you can find that on my website, which is nisitv.com. I, I would be honored, you know, for anyone to check that out if you're interested. And I've got a lot of great free resources on the website as well for that. And I understand you do some seminars, possibly, and webinars or seminars with people. Now I don't know with COVID how that breaks, but how's that come together? It comes together wonderfully. Every once a month, I do what's called Life Class with Nisi, where we tackle issues that are essentially prohibiting people from living their fullness of life with Christ. Christ said that basically He came to give us life and life more abundantly, but we know it's the thief that comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy that. Mm. And in this case, I believe that wounding from trauma and wounding from all types of just childhood, you know, really the best word is trauma, wounds. They do nothing more than steal. And they mm. steal our, our hope. They kill our joy. You know, they try to take away our peace, our confident expectation for who the Lord is. So it really is the work of the enemy. And the life classes that I do are designed to bring people back to that place of seeing God as the abundant one. And as the one that imparts his very life into our soul and revitalizes our soul and enables us to live in, in relationship with him, in sonship, in that place of identity. So I'm 
very passionate about that. And every month we take on a new topic from dealing with betrayal to getting unstuck, really all types, dealing with even trauma and how it manifests in relationships. It's a really powerful course that keeps small and it's live and interactive. And I've been seeing some real healing. The Lord has really been ministering to people um, in these courses. So it's been a blessing to me just to watch the transformation. Well, that's fantastic. And and just to see that empowerment you have from the Lord. You go forth and do this type of ministry. You know, there are a few that do. And it is, you know, it's wonderful because there's so many that have you know, as as I, I watched a couple of your uh, videos about, you know, curses, for example, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from childhood and curses from your life, things that people have said against you, whether it be parents or family or friends and or yourself, even your own own curses caused demonic influences in your life. And you have oh, showing people a way to set themselves free from that by the power of Christ. Do you have any tips for someone that's listening today? Oh, that's such a great question. I believe, especially when it comes to word curses, which can really be any word or any phrase that's uttered under a demonic influence with a power to try to thwart or hinder your effectiveness as an individual or to try to hinder essentially you from walking out the fullness of your destiny before the Lord. And I share the example of a word curse that was uttered against me that I didn't even realize was a word curse, quite frankly, by a young man that basically said to me, you're arrogant. And I believe that as he said that, it really shut me down. And it was a turning point in my life. And it was a direct assault against the natural gifting that I have to be a leader. And Mm -hmm. I did not realize until well after the fact, we're talking 20 years later, when I began to see myself diminishing as a leader or diminishing in what I thought was my capability to even lead, that the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me, you're operating under a word curse. And he took me back to the moment that was said. And sure enough, that was a a life-changing moment for me. And I look back at it now in awe because I think it was such a simple moment. It wasn't something that I would have thought would have had that amount of impact on me. And that's part of the deception of word cursing. There are things that people say that, and I'll give a prime example Um, When Jesus was planning to do that which he was born for, to go to the cross, Peter spoke to Jesus and he said, basically, don't do it. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, what? Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, Peter had been part of the inner circle of Christ. He was one of his friends. Yet in that moment, Peter was used of the enemy to speak against the destiny of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it just illustrates the picture that anyone, really anyone, can be used of Satan to utter something under demonic influence with the intention of stopping or hindering your destiny. So we see that example in scripture. And for those who can kind of look at their life and think, you know, I used to be really confident in this area, and then suddenly something changed, and I, I, I was no longer as confident. Or maybe I used to be able to have this talent or this gifting, and then something changed, and suddenly I felt like I couldn't do it anymore. These are instances to look at and to really partner with the Holy Spirit and to ask Him if there is a a word curse present. If someone spoke 
against your destiny in a way that impacted you without you even realizing. And Holy Spirit is so wonderful and so great at bringing these things up to the surface. It'll come in the form of a flashback or a memory or an impression or a phrase that may come back. And as that comes up, really, the first step is to repent. We repent for agreeing with it because essentially we agreed with a lie. And the only way Satan works is by our agreement. He gets us, he deceives us to agree with him. And he's a thief. So agreement is a way for him to steal power. It's a way for him to steal our ears, our our ability to focus. And the only way he can do that is through agreement. And so we have to repent of agreeing. And in doing so, we break that chain of agreement and then ask the Lord essentially to fill that barren space where that lie once dwelt. Because we see in Scripture, Jesus said that when a demon leaves, he will go and basically he'll, you know, roam around in dry and arid places and he'll come back and see if his space is filled. And if it's not, he'll re-inhabit that space and bring seven more evil spirits mm, along with him. Yes. And so once we reject the place where that lie was and where we were under the influence of that demon, we also then have to be conscious to fill ourselves. And what do we fill ourselves with? With the Word of God, with the truth of what He says about whatever that area that you were believing the lie in. And as we fill ourselves with His Word, as we fill ourselves and allow ourselves to be refilled again and again with His Spirit, then the demon has no place. And he comes back and he sees There's no space for him. And of course, the person under the influence of the Holy Spirit and filled with the Word is experiencing a greater level of freedom than they ever thought possible. And here's the beauty of the truth of this whole thing, is that even when something is stolen through a word curse, God is so faithful and He is so good to restore that which was lost and to bring us back into a better condition than we ever were before that word curse happened. That is the God that we serve. He's that good. I absolutely love that because many people miss that part. Restoration <laughs> isn't taking you back to where you were, but it's bringing you to a place that is far superior to where you were. Restoration is bringing yeah. you to a better place. So good. So good. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nissi, if you had the chance, say something to your younger self after being where you are today and seeing God's grace in your life, what would you say to yourself? Oh, that is a wonderful question. I would say to myself, don't judge God based off of people, based off of the people in your life, because that was by far my biggest hurdle, believing that God was good when pretty much every major adult in my life was not good. And I would tell myself to really press in and ask God just to show you who he is a lot sooner because I was in my late 20s by the time I had the encounter with him that just broke past the lie. And I would give anything to have that encounter at a much younger age. You know, just to have avoided a lot of the stupid mistakes that I made in my my teens and early twenties. <laughs> that would be great if I if I would have seen him sooner. <laughs> I hear you there. We have all kinds of people listening today. People that know Christ, people that don't, people that are from all walks of life, and that's a a great opportunity to say one thing. Is there any message you would leave with the listeners today? I would say to them that God is so much better 
than you think he is. And I have seen that truth in my life played out a million times over. When I think back, even to how my life began, I began to ask the Lord just to show it to me from his perspective. And I could see his hand of goodness at work. I would say it it is when I realized, when I really realized that the Lord had healed me from the wound of rejection. Prior to that, I found it very difficult to feel like I belonged to anything. And I always interpreted everyone's interaction with me through the lens of rejection. And so if someone were to say even the slightest thing that didn't overtly express their approval or their acceptance of me, Mm -hmm. I would immediately withdraw or become sullen or crestfallen. And I didn't even realize the extent to which I did that until the Lord began to show me myself outside of myself. He has a way of revealing to us ourselves and, and how we behave and how we act. And it's all again so that he can remove those things that are hindering us from walking in the fullness of his love. And and I realized and it wasn't some I can't say it was like some huge dramatic moment. It happened gradually and over time, just in my walk and in my relationship with him. But in his goodness, one day he showed me through just a reaction that I had that was so dramatically different than what I used to have. He showed me, I healed you. And I got to see it in real time. You know, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I'm different. <laughs> you know, how did that happen? Who is yeah. this right now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. When you step back, take two steps back and go, is that really me? You know, <laughs> and, and you see what God has done. That's amazing. And so as human beings, we get caught up in our own perspective because we're limited in what we can see. We're on the ground. We're on earth. We're not seeing things from the high heavenly perspective always that God sees. And he operates even in his judgment. It comes from perfect love. And so his decisions are all geared toward removing the things that get in the way of love. Now, I can stop and start right there because that by itself shows his goodness and his mercy and his character and who he is. And the biggest hangup that people get into is believing that God is some sort of tyrant, that he's angry when he looks at you, that he's got ill intentions toward you. But in reality, that's not who he is. That's not his character. Scripture says that in his presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is the happiest person alive. He's the most joyful person alive. He's the most cheerful person alive. That's the reality of him. He's so much better than we think he is. <laughs> and and so he's so that forgiving would be and loving. Ah, yeah. oh, is he ever. Like, there, nowhere else can you find that. Nowhere is such a blessing. And so many people, like as you said, just have, you know, a bad conception, whatever it is that has made them think that God is this ogre who is just angry, but he's the most forgiving and gentle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you will not find that anywhere else. Amazing. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. You're just such a blessing. And I just want to encourage you in your ministry. A wonderful blessing to have met you and spoken with you today. And thank you for being on Refuge Freedom Stories. Oh, thank you for having me. I have so enjoyed this conversation with you. God bless you. You too. 
against the wall You've prayed a thousand prayers You don't think he's heard at all The pressure's unrelenting Time's running out on you There's good news There's good news For anyone who's hurting Who wants to run and hide Questions and regrets Eat you up inside Tried to escape it, but it's a mess you can't undo. There's good news. There's good news. Even through the valley of the shadow, even there you never walk alone. Darkest that's good news For anyone who's praying A miracle will come Open against hope God is not yet done Just stand again, believer if you're breathing, he's not through There's good news Oh, there's good news Even through the valley of the shadow
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.